Welcome back to another episode of Mental Wellness Mondays. Uh, today, you might notice that uh, our, our conversation is a lot more direct. It's a, it's a lot more organized. There's, there's, uh, there's less distraction. You know, there, there's just, it's a lot higher. You know, the intellect has increased. And that's mainly because Dan isn't here. Lovely. And also because we, we've got a life hacker, you know. Um, uh, I think they call them polyglots. Is, is, that, the, is that the correct word? Um, people that are masters of several disciplines, several skills, you know, um, in various disciplines, none other than Mr. Anand Patel. And he describes himself as a foodie, a traveler, someone who's interested in sustainable energy, also in finance and planning. And today we're going to discuss systems and how we can use those to achieve our year, well, rather beginning of year goals, as we discussed last week on the show with Dr. Nell, with our re-re-re system. And don't forget to head on over to twobroktwimbles.com forward slash help to download your copy of the re-re-re um, template. So now that you've got your, your New Year's resolutions in place and you want to enact them, without a system or without a process, those could easily fall by the wayside. So Anand's going to sit down with us and discuss how we can design our lives to make sure that we fulfill our goals and obviously make Dan look foolish. So Anand, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Phil. I appreciate it. Very excited about today. So let's talk away and get this topic off the ground. Yes. So I think let's start right there. I mean, um, um, Dr. Nya was kind enough to send the voice note that you sent with her about what you're planning on doing and discussing. And let's say me. I've, I've set some new, goal, new Year's resolutions. One of them is say, I want to lose 20 pounds. And the other is, I'd yeah. like to write a book. How okay. do I design a system to ensure that I achieve those goals? Okay, so that's a, that's a, it's a big question, right? Usually things mm. like this we have to unpack into really bite-sized things. But let's talk about weight loss. First of all, we all wake up, I don't know how you wake up, New Year's Eve or Christmas, you know, then you start thinking about, oh, next year is going to be different. And then the year comes and you're like, oh, this year I'm going to be, usually it's thinner and richer. I think everyone I've met wants to be thinner and richer. But, mm. you know, that's what we're talking about. It's true. And, <laughs> it's true, isn't it, Doc? And people just think it's going to be more true. The irony, don't you think the irony is everybody joins the gym? I actually got a message while I was traveling in the U.S. And my friend's like, oh, my God, the gym is full in Bardell, Bardell Village, right? Uh, mm -hmm. What is it called? I forget what it's called in Bardell. Pro Fitness. Pro Fitness. They're like, it's packed. And I said, honey, don't worry. In five weeks, it'll be empty again. And I guarantee you, I know that come February, people will not be there. Because resolution is not always... Um, it's not so sturdy. People lack the ability or all of us as humans lack the ability to follow through with such decisions because really, you know, people think life is about choices uh, and it is, I agree. Life is about choices, but truly life is about decisions that are backed up with a system. So let's say you want to lose weight now. Yeah. Big goal. Okay. I get it. There's a lot of science behind weight loss as well, right? We're not going to get into that. And that's going to take a few lifetime adjustments. You have to change your diet because 80% of your you know, weight is going to be dietary. 20% is going to be your fitness and exercise and muscle percentages. And you kind of have to say, okay, well, while the intention is there, do I have a system in my house? When I look around my house, when I look in my bedroom, when I look in my bathroom or my kitchen, is there something that is indicating to my brain that actually I've got something in place? In other words, do you have a meal plan for the week? Have you decided to cook on Sundays and get it all ready? Um, and for that to happen, you have to have your, I don't know, Tupperware containers on a Sunday stacked up. So your brain knows, oh, it's time for me to pack these things up for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, for example. 
um, before you go to bed? Do you have your, your, your gym clothes or your sneakers or whatever laid out so that you are beyond excuses when it comes to waking up and going to the gym. So those are little systems you can put in or little hacks that they just trigger your brain to say, right, it's not, I don't want to make decisions. The minute we have to make decisions and the word choices, you deplete energy and that is not going to get you where you want. So if you simply just put in things, I mean, Stephen Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg and all these people, they wear the same damn clothes every day. And it's not that they're wearing the same clothes. They're clean, obviously, <laughs> but they have like five or six black t-shirts and five or six jeans. Now I'm not going to say everyone start, you know, wearing the same clothes, but I'm going to say the science behind it is because they did not want to make a decision and deplete the energy. All their Prison. systems around them are for other things. Go yeah. on, yeah. Uh, President Barack Obama did the same thing. So before yeah. he became president, it became like a white shirt, black suit or Navy suit. He said, because he didn't want to make that decision anymore. There were exactly. too many other decisions he had to make. So clothes became very simplified. Yeah. And it's true, right? I mean, boarding schools do the same thing, don't they? They want kids to focus on studies and everything else, academics, not on what they're wearing. And then you go to these, all these free schools. And I, I used to wear a uniform when I lived in Portugal. And I used to look at the other schools and say, oh, my God, they're so lucky. Until I came to Zimbabwe and I went to like Spessies and I realized, oh, they're not because you actually waste time in the morning trying to figure out what you're going to wear. And these are small things, but a system in your household you know, people often say, I can tell your bank balance. If I, if you invite me to your house for coffee or tea, I can pretty much tell your bank balance, not because of the fanciness of the furniture, but because if you have books, you're probably investing in yourself. If you have a massive TV, you're probably wasting money. I mean, these are just generic traits, right? Um, but what if, if I have both? <laughs> well, that's a good thing. I've got both. Uh, I got both because of uh, one led to the other, right? Um mm -hmm. And it's an interesting way because we do want the, yeah, it's a good one to say. We want the big TV. I mean, the other day, my husband, I think you need a bigger TV now. I was like, well, I don't need a bigger TV. You may desire one because now it's possible. But I agree uh, in terms of like, if you can walk around someone's house and they're saying, I want to lose weight. Well, you'll pretty much know if they do want to lose weight because their systems will, their fridge will tell you if they want to lose weight. Um, a yoga mat laid out in your bedroom just to simply um, stretch out at night before you go to bed, for example. And I will say one thing about uh, systems, they need to be minute in the beginning. So something you can do in 30 seconds or one minute uh, over a week or two weeks will then lead to something that will grow to five minutes and then 10 minutes and then 20. And by the end of the year, you have a foolproof system and you are like God's gift to like, you know, I'm getting things done. Um, so that's, I think that's a little, little way to look at systems, right? Weight loss is an example. Accumulating money is another one, I think. I mean, often in Zimbabwe, we say, oh, we're so unlucky, third world country, you know, this, that, the other. Uh, people talk about potholes. I was like, let's talk about what you've saved in your pothole instead of talking about potholes in the street. And usually people think, oh, I need to have $1,000 or $100 before I get any savings. Well, you don't. You need to put aside a dollar, right? A dollar a day. And then you can maybe accumulate it beyond that. And you can start looking at every single goal maybe. Um, but if the goal does not translate into a visible system in your house, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I agree with most of what you said. Um, yeah, I, was, I was even taking notes because uh, th these are things that I, I've also implemented in my life, uh, particularly like decision fatigue. Um, I made that a long time ago. So whenever I go shopping, 
I, I literally have two colors. I only wear white and black shirts. And then I have neutral color pants. And then the only thing I change on a daily is my sneakers. That's it. Cool. Okay. So we're the, we're the complete opposite in this. Like I'm an oxymoron while I believe in minimalism, minimalism or not, maybe not minimalism, but decluttering your digital space, your physical space and all that kind of stuff. So there's less decisions and there's more energy flow. I am complete clothes whore. Like I'm a complete clothes whore. Dr. Niari knows me. I have like a hundred pairs of shoes. I have a hundred scarves, at least 120 shirts. And it's ridiculous. That's why I like to take out things before I go to bed because in the morning I can just stand there for like 30 minutes, wasting my entire time. So I need to learn, but everything else I've, I seem to be good at, but when it comes to clothes, I am pathetic. <laughs> yeah. It's the same. Even like with workout gear, I have the same, I literally, when I go to the store, I'll wait, like now's the perfect time. So I'm going, I'm going to go to South Africa in a, in a few weeks. Cause I know it's the end huh? of season and I'll go to the, the Nike store and the other store. Cause I'll know everything's going to be on discount and there'll be two for one specials and I'll get two, three, four of the same shirts and I'll just, wow. and I'll just stock up so that whenever I'm working out, I don't have to think. I just grab. It's the same combination. Yeah, so people be like, sense. Phil is filthy because he keeps wearing the same stuff. But it's, it's, <laughs> I just have, label them. One, two. <laughs> yes. People know that no, these are real different, different shirts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's the same with food. Um, when I was planning my weight loss, I don't, I don't keep snacks in the house anymore because of that. And I just replace it with fruit. And I know it's still sugar, but I'd rather eat the sugar from a fruit than processed sugars. And then you, well, you can tr- like you said, you do intermittent fasting, right? Yeah. Um, and again, that was a decision you made. And I do the same. Funny enough, you and I do exactly the same. We do 20 hours uh, fasting and four hours of eating uh, or grazing. But bottom line is it's interesting because it had to become a system in your household. Did it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had to say, okay, from this time to this time, great. Uh, I don't want to see snacks in my house, so that's all out. Things like that, if they're not put in place, you're going to usually people in intermittent fasting, they fail in the first five days because it takes five days for your hormone. Usually that's released. I think it's through your thyroid from what I remember. And that hormone is released exactly at the same time. So if you kind of don't build up the system, you're going to probably fall apart by day three. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it takes a bit of time. And like Mm -hmm. intermittent fasting. I don't know how, I don't know if you jumped in and did 20. I didn't. I started with 12. No, no, no. I started with 13. Good. (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah. You just pace yourself and then you got to 12, but see small, a little mm-hmm. bit more, a little bit more, and then the eventual goal is 20 hours and you've done it. So that's freaking amazing, right? Um, mm. There you go. Yeah. I so kind of yeah, like guys, I think the key here is just be like Phil, okay? Follow my lead. Be like Phil. That's it. Phil <laughs> be is like the Phil in your <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and there's one more thing I want to throw into this mix, and I think it's to do with um, – uh, I call it well-being, but I mean mental well-being, right? Yes. And Will Smith did a, a thing on this, which I really loved, and I made some notes on it. And he found it easier to be disciplined and follow his chosen systems by saying the following words, which was very simple, right? Uh, I love you too much too, dot, dot, dot. And you're speaking to yourself. So I love you too much to eat everything at the buffet this morning. Right. Let's say you're in a hotel. I love you too much for you to skip out on a workout today. I love you way too much for you to actually not go to sleep on time or for you to watch movies till three in the morning. I just love you too much. And that conversation, number one, becomes love comes into the conversation. Uh, it's, it's all intermingled, isn't it? Love gives you that feeling you need. It gives you a sense of confidence and appreciation and, you know, 
acknowledgement. And that goes into, hey, let's not walk into the negative space. Because when you do that, your decisions fall apart and your system definitely falls apart. Um, and I think it's all kind of connected. So I love you too much too dot, dot, dot. So I encourage you guys to like, I don't know, maybe find three or four things. I wrote down like 10 and, you know, you can put on a piece of paper. A system is an example. I was, do you guys know this comedian? And if you don't know her, I love her. Uh, she came out of the blue and she really became the number one comed earning comedian worldwide, Lily Singh. And her parents, she's an Indian. I'm an Indian and Indian parents don't exactly jump for joy when you say, hey, mom, I want to be a comedian. I mean, you're either a doctor, a lawyer or, you know, you're a banker or something. If you're Indian, that's the way it goes. And this girl came along, changed her whole format. And she did something the other day in her system, which really inspired me. She said, hey, most of you probably stick your vision board on your bedroom or, you know, when you're brushing your teeth in your mirror or something. She stuck it on the outside glass of her shower door. So when she's shampooing her hair, she can see nothing but the vision board, okay? And obviously, I just thought that's cool. So her system was, let me put a physical thing in the way of my glass because, you know, you got a shower, uh, hopefully. And, you know, when she's doing all that stuff of hers, she is seeing that and she's creating that visual imprint. It was just a better system than sticking it by the bedside or where you brush your teeth. I mean, whatever. Uh, you spend more time in the shower than, you know, in front of your mirror, hopefully. <laughs> so that system worked for her. And I just liked it. I really like the, the idea of I love you too much yourself. Right. Because I think there are many things we do um, like a knee jerk reaction, whether it's mm -hmm. drinking or whatever it is, you know, um, not, you know. Um, oversleeping when we could have wor worked out. So kind of really honoring yourself and saying, you know, I love you. I'm going to do this thing. So I think those are really sound simple, but really powerful. I love what you That's said. Mark. I just, it's interesting. It's brought up something because you just said drinking and I know it's completely off topic, but nothing's really <laughs> off topic. Right. Um, yeah. And what happens New Year is you go out. I don't know how it was here. I wasn't here for New Year's for, for the first time in a long time. Um, and when you're around friends or family or you're trying to seek acknowledgement or appreciation from people at a New Year's party, i.e. you want to fit in, you kind of just drink what they're drinking. Where if they're having shooters, you have another shooter and you have another one. And you got to remember that sentence. I mean, I almost want to tattoo it here. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's what we should do. Tattoo it here. You know, I love you too much, too. And you then you say, I love you too much to really waste your liver. Like, have a few drinks, enjoy yourself. But then you need to ask yourself why you're going beyond that point. Are you trying to fill a void? Are you trying to just fit in? What is it? Um, but interesting. It's, it's about self-care, isn't it, at the end of the day? I mean, even the systems we build up, it's about trying to become better people. So it is self-care. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think... Um, We've covered the basics, but because we have such a, a wide spectrum of an audience, um, we we can't get too specific. But for in general, generally speaking, um, especially with the wide gamut of New Year's resolutions that people might have as they step into the new year, um, what would you say, or how would you try and distill some of the best ways to design systems that will allow them to follow through? on their New Year's resolutions and their goals? Okay. Um, I'm going to answer that in a double-folded way. Number one, I'm going to quote Robin Sharma, okay? Um, Robin Sharma, if, if you guys don't follow him, he's a really cool guy to follow. I just like his Robin, uh, Robin as in the bird, R-O-B-I-N, and Sharma, S-H-A-R-M-A. -A. So he wrote um, the... 
uh, he wrote quite a few books. Like the, I got a few, actually, I got quite a few right over here. Uh, I'm just, my brain's gone a bit blank right now, but uh, I'm just thinking where is his book? Anyways, I can't see it right now. But he's the monk without um, the monk without a title or the the leader without a title. Uh, the you know the monk and the Ferrari, all that kind of stuff. So, anyways, mm. it's, it's the five a.m. club. The 5 a.m. club, which I was doing before I was traveling. You know, COVID was good for that. I was able to do certain things, but then I decided to go away for five weeks, six, well, in total, seven and a half weeks, which was not a great idea. And that fell apart. But the 5 a.m. club, um, I'll go back on track soon. But he says, you know what? He says genius is about habits, number one, core routines, number two, which is really your systems. And number three, the people you are with, the people you surround yourself with. So those three things. So going back to your question about, you know, people maybe had New Year's resolutions. I, for one, am not a believer in New Year's resolutions. I never actually make New Year's resolutions. Um, I used to, and then I kind of stopped for certain reasons. But let's say you've done that, and that's good. I mean, it doesn't matter when you do it. Um, Now, what I would personally do i i'm a systems guy i like to have something in writing or laminated in, in front of me or stuck on my desk or something i would literally get an a4 piece of paper i would put like three columns in there and i would write down that decision you made for example uh maybe you've made three resolutions but i will tell you now your brain your human capacity does not allow you to actually build up three habits or three systems at the same time. Systems are slightly easier, but if you say, I want to build up a good habit uh, of not smoking, of waking up at 5 a.m. and organizing my diet so I lose weight, those are three massive things. I would say you can write them all down, but I would pick one, master that, give yourself months to master that over time, and then go to the next one, and then go to the next. You'll find by year end, you would have mastered a couple of them and had much better results. So I would have column one as to that you know decision that you've made or that um, resolution you've tried to commit to. Number two, I would then brainstorm. Maybe you like a spider diagrams. If you're a visual kind of person, maybe you're very methodical and you want to write lines out, whatever you want. But in that second column, I would write down a few um, steps you can take. Um, you know, mental steps are one thing, but as I said, if you have a physical presence within your house, it's much easier for your brain to trigger. So an example, like I I gave before, uh, maybe you want to have an alarm on your phone uh, to say, you know, 9.30 PM every day, it just goes ding, ding, and a little alarm comes to say plank for one minute before bed. I mean, anyone can do a one minute before bed or whatever time, you know, you want to put in. Anyone. Anyone. Maybe you want to start with 30 seconds. Um, But, you know, that's column number two. Uh, Column number three, I would put in any support, and that could be in the form of people, resources, uh, podcasts, whatever you think you need to kind of get uh, imbued into this little category of yours. So you may find that you need to get rid of some people in your life. Uh, It sounds weird. I will give you an example. I went to South Africa. This is going years back. I went to uh, like a national speakers conference and I only went because I wanted to say thank you to Robert Kiyosaki, uh, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He was the keynote speaker and his wife. And he told his wife, you need to get rid of some of your friends because their thinking is kind of stinking. And that is why we are sleeping. And at that time, by the way, they were sleeping on a sofa and on the floor while she was a waitress. I mean, today they have 30,000 properties. Like, I mean, you know, life changes. So the point I was making there uh, was going to be very simple. Um, 
he said you need to make some choices with people. So you may find column three, you might need to delete some people that aren't on the same path. If you're trying to lose weight and you have a group of friends, a core group that bry every Sunday and drink every Friday and Saturday, I'm not saying dump your friends because that's never what we're going to do. You never want to do that. But you may want to distance yourself for the period you know, of what you're trying to get done, losing weight, for example, you need to change those people because the, you can't change them. You can change yourself and their habits are your habits. In fact, statistically, we all know if you know four people, if you're friends with four people who make hand to mouth money, the reality is you are the fifth person. If you know four people that eat excessively without being mindful about what they're putting in their mouth, you are probably the fifth person doing the same thing. So you kind of need to distance yourself. And I came to the reality that a couple of friends were not on the path that I was on. And this is going back like, I'm going back seven, eight years. And I, I kind of knew I wanted to achieve a few things. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to pay off all my debts and be financially free and all that. And a couple of my friends were still living this, it wasn't about living the rat, uh, rat race life. It was about thinking like a rat race person. Their thinking wasn't good. And I could hear it in their words. And I said, okay, so instead of meeting them one-on-one -on, -one on a regular for coffees or whatever, I will meet these, these people, these friends um, in one shot. That way I can actually meet them over a coffee. Uh, in those days, I think it was at IBs or wherever but I can meet them in a group. And that way my time is not drained in, in, in different people. And that way you keep the friendships if you feel they're important and eventually, you know, you evolve and grow, but that's column number three. That's the tough one. Really. What resources do I need? Do I need support? Maybe you need counseling. Maybe you need um, bereavement counseling to get over something before you move on to your next resolution. I don't know, but you have to have that deep conversation. Uh, and once you have that little sheet of paper, Stick it somewhere that you can read it every day, okay? Um, I stuck mine where I brush my teeth, okay? That's how I did it for a while. Then I got used to it and um, things were falling in place because my habits became systems and I didn't need to read it every single day in front of me. Um, but hopefully that answers a bit of the question. Yeah, uh, I, think, I, th I think it does. And it's very helpful. I think one of the toughest things is, especially in, in, in this culture, in Zimbabwean culture, African culture, is understanding that sometimes friends and family cannot be supportive and finding PC ways to yeah. not necessarily manage. cut them off, but to manage them, but also um, not let them hinder or impede your personal growth. And that's Correct. something that has been a recurring theme, um, not only in this podcast, but just in conversations with friends and family is they find it very difficult. As you mentioned, um, sometimes people come from families that love to drink and they don't want to drink. But whenever they go to a family function, they just have a crate thrust in front of them or there's a whiskey. And now there's all that anxiety. It's easier to say no to a friend than it, than it is to a family member because now your uncle who helped raise you is like, oh, so you're going to refuse this drink now, are you? Hey, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly. <laughs> there's always that kind of, and it's a guilt feeling, right? We have that guilt because it's family or friends. And it was like an example I'll give you was I was speaking to a friend or a colleague, should I say, and it was about how the average African male, it's really difficult for them to say, okay, the best thing for my health is actually to cut out dairy and meat. And that's the easiest way to lose weight in the beginning. And then of course, for their blood work and all that stuff. And he said, I wanted to do that because I felt I needed to do that. But he said it was it was so difficult to go to a family meal on a weekend, which is every weekend, and all they have is basically a braai and meat, etc. And there was no respect given to say. He said 
if you can just put some mushrooms in that, but instead there was mockery and it's really difficult. You have to learn how to find systems to politely, um, you know, live the life that you are born to and what your intuition tells you. If your body's telling you you need to cut something out, you need to cut it out. End of story. Uh, but it's difficult. You know, it is hard. And it is one of those, one of those uh, things you have to do as an adult, manage people, manage managers, manage family, <laughs> and yeah. eventually you get it done. And set boundaries. Because I think our culture, I think even Indian and African culture, it's, it's this whole obligation, right? Obligation Correct. to be present for whatever. And if, yeah. you don't, if you're not there, then there's something wrong with you. So yeah. it's really figuring out what, is, what do I really want to do and to honor that and, yeah. and still be respectful of your, the culture. Yeah. That's, that's huge. So just, just using the word boundaries is interesting because if you try, not, and this is a general statement, but if you try and have a conversation with an old-minded or old-school fam, family or let's say a family member and you use, well, uncle, I'm trying to set boundaries now, that will be like a, a, an explosion. There'll be fireworks. What do you mean boundaries? Are you trying to separate yourself from us? And why are you trying to do this? And you think you're better than us. Remember where you came from. Yeah, I, there's a, I came from a family of high cholesterol and heart attacks. Thank you very much. I'm trying to change that direction. So it's a different conversation you have to have, right? Um, uh, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, you know, um, is a, a little top tip, a little top tip for people. Huh? Ulcers. They get you out of everything. So do you want some, do you want some meat? No, I've got ulcers. We just go like, like you're trying to go, I didn't have my ulcer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want you to have beer. Everybody says acids. Exactly. It gets you out of so much. Top tip. The next one, if that fails. Now your family's listening to you at this podcast and now they're going to be like, that damn kid's been lying all this time. So the funny part is I'm actually okay with being the black sheep of the family. So I've been, I've, I've, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not in any of the family groups. Whenever there's a, a family emergency, no one comes to me. Like my mom comes to me and she's like, hey, by the way, can you help in here? here? And then my mom will go in. But I've already had those uncomfortable conversations. I'm like, I got no, no guys, no. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm trying to live. Bye. And they're like, okay, fine. We're not going to be here for you. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> well, I'm the, co- again, complete opposite to you because I'm on every single family chat group. Oh, no, I can't uh, do that. In fact, oh, I no, no, no. I reported family reunions every year. Like I just came back from the US, 25 people from my dad's family, 21, I think it was for my mom's family. And we're always like family, family. But then there's, so that's a good example because you said there's a whole array of people listening in. There are some of us that have said, okay, no guys, I'm living my life. I'll see you, you know, once a year for Christmas or whatever. And then there's other people that are always engaged. And there's that whole obligation, the way we're brought up in, in Zim or in general Indian culture. And African is family. So there's two opposites, but we both agreed. we got to f- figure out how to do boundaries. We have to use ulcers as a good excuse. If it's a dietary thing, that's a good one. I like that, actually. Uh, I don't have that issue because I was brought up, you know, I was brought up vegetarian. But when I even said just being vegetarian and in the whole family is vegetarian, practically, not everyone. But usually every function we have is vegetarian food is catered for. But the minute I said, oh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be more vegan because I really want to cut down on dairy. Number one, for my sinuses and all that. But number two, why it became quite a thing during COVID was I did a deep dive into, you know, 
food industry and I, my background is in food technology and biochem. And I kind of started doing deep diving on that. And I said, oh, that's, you know, I don't want to eat this and this. And you should have seen the faces for vegetarians. Also, it was so difficult for them to digest that I didn't want cheese. And I'm like, really? That's the What's biggest. So you see, the, <laughs> the mistake you made there was you don't want cheese. What you should have said is dairy makes me poot. And then <laughs> what I do is I load up on the beans beforehand. So by the time they offer me the milk, the first time they don't believe me, I'm good to go. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not even sure. I'm, I'm, and I, I kid you not, you, you might think I'm being hyperbolic, but I did this. I, I went in with the plan because I told, like I grew up in my mom was the same thing. I'll put it to you this way. My father was an engineer. So we lived through 2008 and you remember how, how bad 2008 was. My father did a job for dairy board. But because like the, from the time of invoicing to the time of payment, the dollar would devalue so much. Dairy would agreed. OK, we're going to pay you X amount of dollars in product. Huh? And oh, my Lord. How much? So the invoice. So the invoice came <laughs> through and we had enough milk. We paid all our staff in dairy board products as a as a subsidy to their salary for six months. Our house oh my was my mom had to buy two extra chest freezers just for the ice cream. We had uh, we had oh, wow. wheels of cheese in the pantry. Wheels. We had crates upon crates of yogurt. We had stary milk. Stary milk yeah. was like water in our house. Friends would come over. We're like, "Yo, do you want some stary milk?" And I was just <laughs> just crack over the stary milk. So then I I developed this terrible. Like after that, like I became incredibly lactose intolerant. Like I could just <laughs> smell cheese and it's, it's a problem. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is so, that is hilarious. <laughs> he basically traumatized you to death, anyways, because that's ridiculous to see that much dairy. I was a dairy obsessive. Like a liter of milk was like a day for me. Cheese, yeah, I too. Because I was doing milk is big and strong. Cheese dinner, two kilos of cheese for dinner at a restaurant with some friends. I was obsessed until until I realized that actually my body's not so obsessed with it, but I was brought up in Europe, in Portugal, very <laughs> normal. Now you realize that mm, not so good. So, so, that's yeah. <laughs> so, so after I became lactose intolerant, but people weren't believing me, what mm. I realized is, okay, I have to, uh, I have to shame them to understand this. So I was like, I'm going to show you, but let me make sure that this experiment works out well. So I loaded up on the beans. I had some cabbage. I was good to go. I was offered the milk and throughout that, throughout that family function, it was guns ablaze. After that, after that, they were like, don't give Phil milk. Don't give, you know, your cousin and his milk. Do not give your cousin milk. Problem solved. Wow. <laughs> the difference is I see my family on a regular, like weekly. You play, how often do you have this big dinner with the whole family? So when we grew up, um, my, like my dad was kind of like the patriarch. Of, so he's the one of the oldest brothers. So whenever there was a family issue, whenever there was a gathering, everyone was coming to the house. So, and we had so many cousins staying with us. They were literally there almost every weekend. So got it. I've got well, cousins that are that as close as sisters. So, and I've got aunts who are like my second mothers. So based off that, it was always it was always something. Oh, we'd always have an aunt coming over with cakes and stuff. So. It, but once again, it's a small family, so all you have to okay. do is all you have to do is fart in front of the right aunt, and the whole family's gonna know by by Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this so listeners on the call, this, this is the lesson. <laughs> all solutions. We went from system setting to farting. Wow. No, no, once again, I designed a system because I identified the problem. 
I was yes. like, okay, how how do I find uh, the the frictionless way or the shortest route to the solution, which is stop getting people to offer me the things like I can't or don't want to eat, and obviously, yeah. um, honest conversation wasn't working. So I was like, I'm going to make it uncomfortable for everyone because if I'm going to be uncomfortable, we're all going to be uncomfortable. Hilarious. <laughs> wow. So we did something slightly different to your farting technique. <laughs> <laughs> We had our, we had the whole family over for a big lunch. It was Diwali. So it was like just October, November, whatever it was. And we basically <coughs> had a whole meal, you know, the full, the full thing, like a big fat buffet, tons of food, tons of desserts. And we, everyone enjoyed their food out only at the end when people said, oh my God, this dip was so good. And this was so, we're like, oh, glad you enjoyed it. Uh, the whole meal was actually dairy free. And they're just like, what? I was like, yeah, the whole meal was vegan. Uh, the yogurt you ate, the this you had, the everything. And no one knew the difference. And I was like, well, there you go. So you enjoyed yourself. You didn't have, because the whole mindset is, you know, they want to have an opinion on your lifestyle change. And that's with anything, your partner you've chosen, uh, the wife you picked, the husband, anything you're going to do, they're going to mean, and that's out of love, I guess, right? They think you're missing out because you're not having your dairy or your meat or whatever it is, or your sugar, if you're doing a sugar fast, for example. Um, and, you know, when you say these kind of things, they're like, that's so extreme. I was like, well, actually it is. And what's extreme is what you've let your body go endure for the past 40 years of your life. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's a new system. Cabbage and beans. Okay, I'll, I'll somehow figure that out into my system. <laughs> but I, I think you actually, you actually touched on something that's very pertinent, which is conditioning. Uh, particularly mm-hmm. social conditioning and how quickly social conditioning can become natural, even though it is unnatural. Um, and mm-hmm. that falls into part of the systems because you can fall into these patterns and habits that you feel like this is how I've always done this. This is how we were raised, etc., etc., without realizing that that's harmful behavior or rooted in, in harmful practices or maybe even a trauma response. Um when you find or when you come across people or even you in yourself, when something is almost tied to your identity and it's extremely difficult to to break from, what are some of the methods or practices you would suggest to help people break from those harmful practices that seem so tied to who they are as people? Okay. I love that. Actually, I think that's the deepest question we've had. And I love that because a lot of us resolutions, New Year's, we almost want to be like a like an eggshell and crack open a whole new you. That's the whole, you know, as humans, we always want, I want to be a better version of myself. Well, to be a better version of yourself, you have to let go of your old self. And a part of that conversation can be, you know, as we discuss diet quite a lot here, it could be sculpting your body. You could be clinically obese, but you can change that entire thing. But that is so difficult. That is why most people fail. I think that how I've addressed it has been a very internal conversation. I actually leaned towards um, learning about meditation and it really helped in silencing all the voices. Cause sometimes you think the voices are from the outside from auntie Margaret or whatever. It's actually not, it's just a reflection of what you're thinking. Cause you're doubting yourself that you can even change that in such an extreme way, be it uh, drug addiction, alcohol, uh, fat food, um, but again, one more thing on your conditioning. Is it funny? It's acceptable socially to come home and have a glass of red wine or a couple of glasses of red wine every single day for 365 days. But smoking up on the weekend that actually clinically shows it's good for your endorphins is actually really socially not acceptable. And that goes back to legislation, ironically, uh, if you really to these kind of things. But I think to change anything in a massive 360, 
you have to ignore the noise. You have to become like a hermit. You almost have to switch off all the noises from people. And sometimes they say the best way to become the person you were born to become is no longer listen to anyone and don't be around anyone. You almost have to become insulated. And I'm not saying cut yourself off from the world, but I'm saying have a damn thick filter and build up thick skin and just let everything rub off of you. Just know what to ignore. And I think the more you meditate, uh, you may want to start, Not you know, COVID has taught us so much. We can yoga at home, you know, uh, find a channel and then just commit to doing it every day. And once you do a bit of yoga, a bit of meditation, I think it becomes easier to say no. It becomes easier to, to dissipate the guilt that you may have from disappointing family and friends. Wow. So, so hey, I know the biggest that? disappointment, but hey, I'm happier. <laughs> Go on, Doc. I, I wanted to ask, what was the aha moment that kind of really, um, you know, your light went off and you just, your trajectory of your life changed? You know, what was the thing that, because for a lot of people, they're just stuck in a space. But yeah. what was the thing for you so that maybe people can connect? Because right now they might think, oh, look, he's he was traveling six weeks you know, they can't do that. So, Well, 10 years ago, life wasn't like that, right? 10 years ago, when Doc Nyari and I, well, she kind of knows a bit of my story, but simply put, 10 years ago, I was working in Workington, uh, working the long hours, um, really not getting very far when it comes to financials, forget investments and savings. And I was barely, you know, hand to mouth. And that's just the way we all kind of um, start our career paths if you want to be self-made, right? Um, And the aha moment was, I actually started getting more involved in personal development. And what I mean by that is it could be a book, for example, and I, I'm not much of a reader. I had to, someone told me a quote. They said, oh, leaders are readers. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm doomed. i like, seriously, that's the worst sentence you can tell me. And I had to say, okay, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And I said, okay, I'll start reading a little bit more. But what really got me more was the 3D interactive uh, workshop or seminar. Um, and it was, I was, I follow Marcus Seda. He's my mentor when it comes to personal development and the way he thinks. And of course, along with that, I branched into like, you know, a bit of Robin Sharma a bit of that. Although I acknowledge the, the personal development world, a lot of them have funnels and they get you into their systems and it's a money-making scheme. So I don't fall for that, but I had a good filter, uh, you know, thanks to the training I had. So what I would say for people, you need, if all you do is simply um, go to a YouTube channel and find something that's just going to get you out of your day-to-day mending layperson conversation and have a slightly more elevated thinking, then that's what you do. Uh, and you have to do it every day, every single day, a little bit, 10 minutes or whatever. Uh, and, and that's how Aha Penny dropped simply when I realized that I am responsible for my current reality. That was the point when I said, oh, I can't blame anyone for, uh, you know, a debt. I can't blame anyone for my physical situation, my cholesterol. I just couldn't. And I used to because, you you know, I mean, I think, look, honestly, and I hope no one takes this offensively that's listening in. But in Zimbabwe, we have honestly been inoculated to become entitled, to think that, you know, oh, we went through this and everyone owes us. No one owes us anything. No one owes us anything. And no one's going to pay your bills. <laughs> so the reality was. The minute I read a sentence that said, you are 100% where you are because of the responsibility level and leadership level that you have taken on board so far. And that's it. I'm like, oh, that was a painful slap in the face. 
Um, but it was a good one. And it took me another, you know, half a decade or more to really get to the position where I wanted to not be in where I was. I wanted to move away from that. I wanted to change my reality. I went from a a shy, introverted person. I'm a twin, by the way. Uh, my twin sister lives now. She left Zimbabwe, but she lives in the States. And she's the opposite of me. So we're twins. I was the introvert. I was the quiet one. I was not truly social. Um, and I had to change a few of my personality traits using a few systems like, you know, read 10 minutes a day or listen to an audio book in the shower. I had to do something consistently, even if it was three times a week, but consistently to change who I am now. Now I can, you know, speak, I can talk to Phil, I can hold up a conversation with Dr. Nyarai. Before, if you were not blood related to me, I probably wouldn't even say hi to you. Like I would just walk past an entire room of people because I just had like, palpitations. I used to just be socially phobic as it were. So you just change yourself over time. But the penny dropped when I, I read that sentence. I heard the sentence. I did not accept the sentence first. And it came back at me. The universe kept on throwing it at me. And the penny dropped. It just said, okay, stop the bull crap and just accept where we are. Yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. I, I think you dropped a, a very important gem there, which kind of glossed over it. But I think it's incredibly important because I also went through that same revelation was realizing that you are responsible for the position you're in now. And nobody yeah. is going to save you. Taking personal responsibility is very, very, very difficult. And I think for humans, especially, uh, yeah. we don't, and not to paint with a white brush, but I think globally, it's very difficult to take personal responsibility because throughout history, humans have always found the boogeyman to blame it on. Like Correct. if you're suffering, like the, the common parlance here in Zimbabwe is uh, the devil, the devil is, the devil is really working hard. He's trying to, he's trying to get at me. Oh. No, it's granted. There are things outside your, your sphere of influence that you can't control, but there are things you can control and you can't always blame your personal failings on an invisible mm-hmm. creature. Because at what point do you start to take personal responsibility for your life and your life decisions? And a lot of people really struggle with taking responsibility for that. And many of us in this country, and many countries, but specifically in this country, because third world countries have this trend, they will lean or completely lean onto religion, uh, be it Catholicism, whatever, uh, Christianity, it doesn't matter. And they will use that. I'm praying for this. Well, you could get up and do something about it too, as well. It's almost like if I just pray enough, it's all going to change. And then five years later, things haven't changed. I'm praying and I have faith. You can have all these things, but again, it's the boogeyman in a different cloak. I'm not downsizing. You know, I am religious of faith and et cetera. I believe in higher powers and spirituality. And truly, I do believe God is within you, which is why I truly believe in meditation as a solution in the long term. Um, and it's ironic that we all, all, I mean, humankind, you know, you can say all of us, we look for politics, it, you know, we, we want to be led by them, but when things go wrong, it's their fault. Religion, we want to be led by them, but when it goes wrong, we want to blame them. Um, and that goes for a lot of things, you know, and as you say, the pill, it's like matrix, right? The hardest pill to swallow is, is, is the one of reality. Do you truly want to look in the mirror? That's the question to ask. And if you do, the funny thing is then you will lose weight, Going back to our original conversation, resolution, oh, I want to lose weight. You will lose that weight when you can look in the mirror. But that journey, it could take you the whole year. But that's okay. Because guess what? You only need one year to have an amazing decade. You just need one good year to have a phenomenal decade. And you may need this year 
2022 to get all this, address the demons. And guess what? The devil can only speak to you if you give it attention. That's the irony, right? So everyone's saying, oh my God, the devil's doing this and you know, God's not listening to me. Well, you know what? Only what you give attention to can possibly become a reality or a truth in your life. There's no devil if you don't give it attention. The devil feeds off of insecurities. So if you just it's don't true. give it attention, the devil will die off. You know, yeah, that's definitely. how you have to look at it. Yeah. My old therapist would talk about which wolf are you going to feed? Because good thing, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When you have two wolves, the wolves of positivity and the wolf of negativity. If you keep feeding the wolf with negativity, guess who's going to get bigger and stronger? So yeah. That's true. I mean, okay. thank you for joining this Tim Robbins episode of Two Break Trimbers. <laughs> I like the whirlwind of everything that we covered. This is like a cocktail. We actually needed to have a cocktail or a mocktail, yes, depending where you are in life. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Oh my God. This no, has been yes. fantastic. Indeed. Fantastic. So I'm just my last little sentence on your little wolf thing, left shoulder, right shoulder. I, I did a visual thing and I kind of play a game. So there's a, angel here a mini me with an angel wings and a mini me with a devil i guess it could be the wolf and the wolf whichever one uh and the funny thing is the more you mock when you're tested when you fall off your system you fall off your fasting or your financial goal whatever you kind of or when life just hits you like you get a flat tire it, it's pouring rain your girlfriend walks out on you blah, blah everything happens on the same day you know when it's just like as they say when the shit hits the fan i don't know if i can say that word i apologize you can bleep it out if you need to but when that thing happens you're just like you need to look up left or right your shoulder and say ha you tried to get me there didn't you yeah you nearly had me there but i'm not playing that game now, what happens is you give power, you almost build a second identity, like an alter ego, and that will save you mentally many of the time. So create an alter ego if you want, give it a name if you want, give it a character, personality, whatever. And you just have to laugh at it and say, ha, ha, you tried to get me there. I know you did because you don't want me to get out of bed today and do my plank and push-ups. You nearly had me. That's it. Have that third party conversation. I mean, the queen refers to herself in the third party. So, you know, so can we. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to say to add to that one, one, one method that I've used and I found helpful is um, if ever I'm in a bad situation before I do anything, count to 10 and then I have a breathing Mm -hmm. exercise. And then I ask myself, okay, how did you get here? So speaking of a flat tire, if for example, I knew I needed to rotate my tires or switch my tires last week. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather buy pizza instead and then yeah. take accountability. You know what? You knew this was going to happen. You try to risk it. You failed. There's no one to blame but yourself. So now that we're here, how do we move past this? How do we fix this? And at the very least, being accountable to yourself and then making sure that you never make the same mistake twice. That's been really helpful with me. That is, that's, a, that's a golden nugget right there. So my question to you, Phil, is... When you get the flat tire, normally most of us, or we get punched or whatever, you're going to have a knee-jerk reaction. How do you remember to count to 10? I think Before I've, you I've, have that automatic knee-jerk reaction. I've had that internal dialogue so long. Um, mm-hmm. And granted, it's taken time, but you, you, you just train yourself. So when I started meditating, and I was doing it through this, this app called Calm. Um, oh, yeah, I love Calm. It's cute. So Tamara Lovett, who's the instructor, she'd always instruct, like, before you react, ask yourself why you're reacting this way. Um, and it's something that I needed to teach myself because I, I tend to have a short temper, you know. Um, so so it, it, it's something I was actively working on. So now when I feel my, like, my adrenaline picking up, take a deep breath and then 
start looking at analytics and okay, how did I get here and why am I here? How do I move on? Um, I, I won't say it's easy. I don't do it a hundred percent of the time, but for the yeah. most time, like if it becomes a habit and routine and it starts with small things like, so I used to like my anxiety used to be so bad. If I dropped a cup, mm-hmm. I could have a panic attack just from dropping a cup these days. Like- I can smash a plate. It's just a plate. It's two dollars. Who cares? And you know, I'll be sweeping it up, and, and and I'll be laughing at myself like you idiot. You thought you could balance this cup and the plate and the noodles in one hand? Yeah, you had this coming. You know what I mean? And it's weird. I'll be looking at myself. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like a, a couple of years ago, this would have set you over the edge. Now you just laugh at it. Um, funny story. Like I remember um, my 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 former assistant. I'm not going to put him on blast, but I gave him my car. And I don't know where his mind was. And he like, as we're sitting where we were, we were at a studio, he reversed straight into the wall, like smack dab into the wall. He didn't even make an attempt to turn his like bumpers smashed everything. And I wasn't upset. I just ended up, I just laughed for 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that means you have grown beautifully over the years. And the key thing you said there was it took But I I was also thinking as parents or caregivers, right? If your child does something and you like, there's this story I heard where this child spills milk and then the mom just says, oh, we're going to paint the floor. But imagine the experience. You don't have a trauma response, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, you know, if you, if you have laughter, even if you've made a mistake, then that lessens all these trauma responses that we have and hold on to. As we, we get older, because we, yeah, yeah, we carry this forward, right? Yes. Um, yeah. I love your story about how you managed, you know, count to 10, do this, that, the other, and you were, you had anxiety, like if you broke a glass or a cup or something. And it's teaching me one thing. Number one, the whole count to 10 thing, or so what I do, I don't count to 10. And now that you're reminding me, I don't count to 10. I actually breathe in three times. So I just breathe in through my nose and I exhale through my mouth. Um, but again, I don't do it all the time. But if I miss it and I don't do it, I kind of know I goofed up. And I, rem- I just reflect and say, okay, well, next time I can try and do a little bit better. Because it's just, a- you're not going to be perfect at it. We're just practicing. Same with systems, same with resolutions. Uh, but it's kind of the same thing. I like that. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, it's weird how the brain works because like, like you mentioned, like if I don't meditate in the morning, I'll know. I, I can. I can tell if I don't do the press ups. Like because now um, I've got a challenge where three times a day I I, I do a hundred press ups. If I don't do them, I'll know. Like yeah, wow. I haven't done my press ups yet. Even though if I'm tired, I won't sleep because oh, I haven't done my press ups yet. So it it the body is weird like that. Uh, but yeah, I think building systems and building habits really helps. The other thing that I do, and not to say that I'm perfect, but especially like in Zim, there's so much bad driving in Zim and I was very prone to road rage. And then I realized, well, what am I doing? I look like an idiot. So what I do is whenever I see someone driving like an idiot, I just do this. Like, and that it gets it out of my head. It's very passive aggressive and it embarrasses them, but it's not road rage. It's just... Look at it's your better. life. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> so you've got a good system. So my, uh, so people find it weird. If you jump in the car with me, if I have to pick you up somewhere, you will literally be like, what is going on? I used to listen to personal development audios only in the car, right? My car was full of all this positive, like, hey, you need to think better. You need to make better decisions, whatever. Then I went through that for like a good um, four or five years. And then I got to the stage where all you get in my car now is 
light, gentle, piano, spa type music. In other words, the stuff you call Palsichi. And I think the relationship was this, the bigger the potholes got and the worse the driving got in Zimbabwe, I said, okay, moving away from all this stuff, I am literally just going to have spa music. So when you get in my car, you'd be like, dude, what the hell? I'm like, don't mess my Zen in this car because when there's chaos outside, I don't want to know about it in this car. I just want quiet in this car. Yeah, I think I think the problem is I'll start having a Pavlovian response and I'll start falling asleep and I'm like, my hamstrings are really tight today. Please work on those. <laughs> <laughs> then the next thing I'm in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord i don't know if it will, i don't think the, that music will work for long long driving but i, I mean in I, i'm in harare i'm in avondale i hardly drive more than 15 maybe 20 minutes at any given point. so that's what what i do uh but it's it's quite funny but yeah so for, yeah. for more top tips and for our zen playlist head on over to our website <laughs> But yeah, thank, thanks, Adan. This was actually a, a great conversation. Um, I think that there's so much more to cover. Um, and hopefully, if you enjoyed this, we can have you back sometime soon. But yes, if people are interested in following you or seeing what you're about, where can they find you on the socials? So on Instagram, easy, Anand, A-N-A-N-D, dot Furco, F-E-R-C-O. And Facebook, pretty much the same thing, Anand, dot Furco. They'll find me. Um, and my name is actually... Anand Furko Patel, but if you look up Patel, you'll find fifty thousand Patels. Yeah, so I just, that is that is strange. Anand Furko in LinkedIn as well, but I'm not too. I'm not very. Yeah, don't go to LinkedIn; it's pathetic. But anyways, my Instagram and Facebook it's pretty populated, so uh, I will see you there. I sometimes drop a live uh, feed. I yes, just play he does it often. <laughs> I used to be, once again, I was very consistent, but I did not develop a, I did not develop a system that maintained consistency. So the minute I got on a plane, my brain switched off. And the minute I got overwhelmed with other things, I kind of put it to the wayside, but I'm going to get back on it, doc. It's been fun. I engage with people and lots of new topics coming up. So yeah, follow me there. Lovely. Sounds good. Thank you so much. And of course, Dr. Nyar, where can they get hold of you? At Wired to Love and Thrive on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and at Dr. Nirai on Twitter and Sage Our Health on Facebook and Instagram. Lovely. But you'll be the social media diva compared to me. Look at those numbers. I'm like, I just got Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> Ooh, you should see the boys, two broke twimbos, man. I, I, have, I have. Oh my <laughs> God. I've got some work to do. But anyway. <laughs> Well, thank you. For, I really appreciate it today. Like honestly, Phil and Doc, you guys were awesome. Like I learned things there. There, it's a good conversation to have and really to start learning from each other. So I appreciate you guys and I appreciate the time you you gave me. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. I really enjoyed. So it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And uh, yeah, once again, if you if you have any um, ideas or even templates of systems or just even designs that you'd like our listeners to 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 have. Just shoot them over and I'll have my designer. He'll be more than happy to, to do that. And then, you know, you can throw them on your socials as well. Cause it, it's, it's all about just making sure everyone has access to whatever resources are available. I think that's really important. Perfect. Cool. So th- thank you so much. And we appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you very much. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.